This is Josh Beaudry, host of the Stock Talk Podcast. We are live for this episode. We are live for this episode. Uh, if you don't know, just just look outside and you see the rain. It is a tornado warning. So if you if we get any updates to y'all, we will be letting you all know. Once again, I'm the host of the Stock Talk Podcast, Josh Beaudry. And today I'm joined once again by my friend and co-host of the show, Nico. Criticos. Nico, how you doing? Fantastic. Great week in the market. Okay, besides that, how's your week been going? How's your summer class doing? It's been super busy. Lots of guitar lessons, lots of rides, lots of stock trades, lots going on. Oh, yeah, I saw that ride. You um, went to um, o- O'Hare, or was that O'Hare? <laughs> That's right, Midway? O'Hare and Midway, yep. But how was the O'Hare ride? You know, O'Hare is oh, so far from me. Yeah, it's, it's a lot farther, and there's more traffic problems when you go to O'Hare. Okay. Because there's so many lane closures and construction going on. It's like, it's such an issue. Okay, so besides that, besides that, once again, we have... A guest, Nico, can you please introduce our guest real quick? Yes. Very special guest, Josh Klosik, on the show today. Josh and Josh episode today. So yes, right. sir. Yes, sir. So, hi, guys. I'm just going to introduce myself. My name is Josh Klosik. I'm an entrepreneur, and I work in the music industry. I've been working in the music industry since about 2018. I've also uh, been involved in cryptocurrency for the past, since 2016. Okay. So, okay, so what really, like, why, like, what was the point of you actually getting started into a cryptocurrency? It was back back 2016. It was really when Bitcoin started to really take off, and I I got in about like it was about like two hundred dollars a coin. Okay. And I I had been interested in it for a while, but I had never taken it too seriously. And I got a little bit of money here and there from saving up from working and stuff. And I just thought this is a speculative investment, but it's something that's going to be worth something big one day. So yeah. I got in, and ever since then I've been hooked, and I've been involved ever since 2016. Okay. He said you also in the music business as well. Can I? Give, like, the people more background on you? Yeah, yeah. So I work for a music video production company called No More Heroes. It's based out of Chicago. Now we also have offices in L.A. Okay. And we we started off doing music videos. We were one of the companies. Um, we launched, like, the Artist Famous decks into, uh, like, being famous. Mm, okay. But um, ever since then, we've taken on more of, like, an artist management role. So now we're trying to transition to be, like, a record production label and, like, uh, plan concerts, own artists, all that type of jazz. So. Okay, besides Famous Dex, what's like some other artists that you guys are? Uh, so we've shot, we do a lot of work with like G Herbo, a lot of work with, uh, we've done stuff with Lil Durk, a lot of different Chicago artists. I mean, we've also done stuff with um, other, other, like other big artists, mostly in the rap industry. A lot of the artists we work with are in, uh, in hip hop and rap. But um, uh, I'm trying to think of some of the bigger names. We've done stuff with like Post Malone, we've done stuff mm-hmm. with uh, Wiz Khalifa, Lil Pump. Name a hip hop artist. I've probably been around the block with them at some point. Oh, that's cool. That's Very cool. cool. That's cool. But okay, but Nico, mm-hmm. let's talk more about your week in the stock market. You talked about it already. Said so it was a great week. Mm-hmm. Explain to everyone how it was a great week for you. Well, okay. So the first six months of this year so far have been pretty stable. Okay, most of my stocks, my account has been at the same value it was when I started off in January. But this week, a lot of big stocks went up. So. Tesla was up 7% this week, okay? So that pushed my account up a lot. Then we had the trade desk. Ever since the trade desk fell a couple weeks ago, I bought in as soon as it fell, and it's been up 30-plus percent since then. Mm -hmm. So trade desk has been awesome. And then on Friday, Jinko Solar 
reported earnings, and they reported earn EPS of 15 cents compared to estimates of negative two cents. So okay, that, and so, real quick, I want to apologize yeah. for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do want to apologize. I made fun of you buying Jinko Solar. I said, mm-hmm. I told him. He was so happy. He said, oh, my God, I think Jigo Solar is going to really go up. Yeah. But I told him, I, I don't think so. Mm-hmm. And guess what? That week, it didn't go up. It actually went yeah. down. He lost a lot of money. Yeah, I, I lost my, my, value, my value of the stock went down a lot. But then they killed earnings yesterday. The stock went up like 13%, I want to say. And so now we're back on track to you know profitability, and I see lots of success in the future. Okay, so also now let's talk more about Virgin Galactic. Mm-hmm. Virgin Galactic is something I actually bought as well. Mm-hmm. But once again, listen to Nico. He said, "Oh, space. <laughs> oh, it's so stupid. It's so stupid." I, I, I why, just meant why that. Why would you buy that? No, you better buy the um. Well, what's the um guy for the Tesla thing? It, well, well, what's e- Elon's Elon. SpaceX. 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 Yeah. You, yeah. you better no, be in a SpaceX. That's you better okay. Be in SpaceX. That's not what I meant. And so he forced me to sell it. No, he what I me to sell it. He, wh- he coerced me. What I meant was. It's too early on, and I felt like it was going to be super volatile. And oh. I still feel that way. I still feel it's early on. Okay, so, but where's that at now? now? Okay, now you would have tripled your money or quadrupled oh. your money. Yeah. Okay, well, you got to make your own decisions. Okay, okay. Now now let's make your own decisions now, okay. But, yeah, but you see, Josh, I probably would have been on an island if I, if I didn't listen <laughs> to Nico. But that's fine. So, Nico. Yeah. I also want to actually – let's start talking more about – the history of the cryptocurrency right now. Because mm-hmm. Josh said he's been around crypto for, he started like around 2018, you said? 2016. 2016. Yeah. So, and I also want to see if Josh can, can give us the story of when you were mining at. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I that's a good place to start off at. So um, I've been involved since 2016. And back in uh, 2018, when everything was taken off with Bitcoin and all the other cryptos, um, I was working as a tech intern at Lake Central High School. And... I found a way to install a JavaScript miner for a cryptocurrency called Monero. And I took advantage of that and I ran a script on a lot of the computers in the school to mine that during the winter break. And that, that's what was going to be my big test. I wanted to run it all winter break. And it, it's not like mining Bitcoin where it uses a significant amount of power, but it goes through um, the CPU, not the GPU. So it would be something that wouldn't have been noticed on their bills, but I wanted to run that experiment. And they found out like two hours before school let out that day and I got called down to the office. I ended up getting suspended. Wow. And That's so funny. Yeah. Yeah. Got suspended <laughs> for mining crypto back in 2018. And uh, I had to go back in and argue my case and there was no rules against me doing what I did. So I only ended up being suspended for one day, but they wanted to get me for like a week and a half. <laughs> a week and a half? Yes. Yes. Man. And I, I got kicked out of my position as an intern and stuff, but I mean. <laughs> That's crazy. Okay. So, but when did you just start getting into Bitcoin? Well, so you think you, you said you got it into like a little bit before? Talk to me yeah, yeah, yeah. So that. Bitcoin, Bitcoin. Um, I really, I've been like hearing about it since even before. I've been nerd about this since like 2014, but I'd never actually had the money to purchase anything. Mm-hmm. Um, so in 2016, I got a little bit of money um, from working and stuff, and that's when I decided to put some money. So I got about 15 Bitcoin, at about like 200 dollars a piece. And okay. then in Don, when Donald Trump got elected in 20, um, later that year, it spiked mm-hmm. up to like $700. And I thought, this is the highest it's ever going to be. Mm-hmm. And sold it off then, and I made about like 11, 12K. Wow. <laughs> so at, awesome. the t- at the time, that was amazing for me. I was a high school student. You know, I made a big, I made an investment, and it paid off. And then two so years you later. You 15 coins? Yeah, 15 So, so that'd be worth what today? Oh, my God. It, let, me, let me look at the current price right now. Yeah, the current over, is like over, 30 something. It's, it's 30K. So, yeah. yeah. So like 450k, oh, basically. Wow. And yeah. think about two months ago when it was like a 50. when it was in the 50s, mm-hmm. we had over half a million. Yeah. Hey, yeah. But- oh my god. <laughs> so that was definitely a big regret, but I mean, I learned a lot just from that one experience about not 
selling and use getting your emotions get right. to you when you're selling. Okay, right. but how did you feel like more about the newer uh, cryptocurrency? It's kind of like Doge, like those mm. meme type of stocks. How did you feel about so that? so with oh, the okay. especially with the meme stocks and the meme uh, the meme cryptos? I think this year especially has seen a huge huge rise in that, and it's because so many more people are hearing about crypto and getting involved in crypto. Like even back in 2018, it was still more niche. It was still people who were involved in technology and knew about the space. But now it seems like every high schooler with fifty dollars spare in their bank account is mm -hmm. getting involved in crypto, and that's partly in due because things like Robinhood have make it easier. Even two years ago, like it was a lot harder. You had to set up all these individual wallets. You had to go through Binance, and that was a thing that a lot of kids probably didn't know how to do. But now you can just trade through things like Robinhood or paypal and that's really opened up the access for people to get involved and unfortunately it's caused a lot of scams and stuff with these um altcoins that aren't worth anything they're big scams that are set up to pump and dump basically all the um the money so the founders of them make a big investment and mm -hmm. get everyone on use a bunch of marketing get everyone on and then sell all their shares and make the coin eventually worthless so mm -hmm. i think we've seen a lot of that this year we've seen a lot of meme coins that there's not really any technology behind them. Doge obviously being the biggest one of them, and that's mm -hmm. partly in due because people like Elon Musk and stuff. Mm -hmm. Did you get in at Doge at all or no? So I uh, last summer I actually just put $25 into it. I, I bought it at like 0 .003 of one penny. So I put $25 into it just as a let's see what happens with this. I didn't really care. Yeah. And uh -huh. That $25 eventually this year, I think at the peak, it was worth about like six grand. And I, I didn't, foolishly enough, I didn't sell because I thought the way things were going, I thought it was going to hit over a dollar. So I just held on yeah, to huh? it. But <laughs> I do remember those days of thinking it'd go past a mm. dollar, but hey. And that that's the thing too with the market. With, with crypto especially, it's so speculative and it's so volatile where it's like you don't know what's going to happen. Mm -hmm. And the people now that everything's going for a downturn, people don't realize that this same exact thing happened in 2018 with crypto. Mm -hmm. The market's only been around for 10 years or so. So we haven't had many cycles, but it's a market like anything else. The same cycles that you see in the normal stock market are going to happen with this just at a faster rate because of how volatile right. it is. The, yeah, the drops are so much bigger mm -hmm. in crypto. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's you, the same way you'd see that same level of drop, like every like 20 years or so on a traditional market through a recession, you're not going to see that. You're going to see that in two years, three right, years with right. crypto. And that's what's happening right now. People are, and people panic and people sell, mm -hmm. but that leads into the way where I like to invest in crypto is when, when nobody's talking about it. I didn't right. purchase anything this year when everyone was freaking out and purchasing mm -hmm. everything, because mm -hmm. I know in a year from now, when every when it becomes a thing that nerds do again, that's when I'm going to prosper. Mm -hmm. Of course. And like how you were saying with some of those coins, like Doge and some of the smaller coins, I feel like the main problem is that the supply keeps increasing mm -hmm. and they keep making more. It's hard for the price to go up. Exactly. You know? Exactly. And that, that, that is the problem with a lot of altcoins too. It's, it's owned by whoever is owning it and mm -hmm. it's just a private company and they can do whatever they want with the supply. Like right. the, a big company that happened with that was uh, Ripple. Mm -hmm. Ripple. I bought. I got. I was fooled by Ripple back in 2018. I put a good amount of money into it, and it's worthless now. I, mm -hmm. and it's just because the company keeps on increasing the supply and dumping their own shares into it, mm -hmm. and just making it worth less and less for the company to make more money. And that's unfortunately what's probably going to end up happening with a ton of these uh, altcoins too. Well, see, I feel like with some, like with the Bitcoin and Ethereum, it's a little bit different because like Bitcoin's supply is fixed, mm -hmm. and then Ethereum's actually getting better because this summer they're supposed to burn some of the coins. Mm -hmm. So that's going to even push the price up higher. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 Same for, for Bitcoin, Ethereum and uh, Litecoin. As far as crypto goes, those are like investing in like raw earth metals, like gold. That's, it's going to be stable-ish. It's mm -hmm. when, you're, when we're talking in the world of crypto, nothing is completely stable as, as compared to a traditional market. But I mean, 
with, with those coins, that's as stable as you're going to get in the crypto world. Mm -hmm. So putting money into those is going to be a stable investment in the long term. And partly because of what you were saying with how there's a fixed amount of coins and how those companies actively are taking steps to keep the value up. Right. And don't you feel like once some of the big corporate, like let's say Apple, Amazon, and Facebook all put 1% of their assets into Bitcoin. That would make Bitcoin much more of a reliable and steady asset. Mm -hmm. So that's why I'm waiting for something like that to happen. And that, I mean, you even partly saw that this year with like with Doge. Tesla. Well, Doge Tesla and then Tesla too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. Because, I mean, Elon put whatever percentage of his money into Doge, and that's part of the reason why it skyrocketed. But mm -hmm. if you, if you see it on a major scale like that with Tesla into Bitcoin too. Right. It's That, that I think, will take be a big step into like solidifying its position in the marketplace and mm -hmm. making people realize that this is a like serious investment and it's a stable investment for mm -hmm. the future. Right. Okay, but with also the rise of Dogecoin, it's also rappers that's actually making cryptocurrency. Mm -hmm. So how do you feel about rappers just getting the game like, hey, that's just make something? <laughs> that that whole thing, especially with celebrities and rappers, it's like that was when I started seeing that that started popping up around like March or April. I knew that this was a bubble that was going to burst eventually, like very soon by the summer. Because when you see someone like Kodak Black or Lil Yachty making their own cryptocurrency and having their fans invest into it, mm -hmm. it's like okay, this is this is getting to the point where it's ridiculous now, and people are just hopping on this because they see money to be made in it. But I, I the whole thing with celebrities and that is, I don't see any like actual value in that i think that was just a scheme made up mm -hmm. by a company that approached like these artists and said hey you want to make some quick money and we'll make you a cryptocurrency basically mm -hmm. but um one thing that i actually do want to talk about with that is uh nfts what is what are your guys feelings on like the nft space i've been i've been trying to explain the nfts to mm -hmm. josh for months now because mm -hmm. i don't get it at all <laughs> he still doesn't <laughs> understand, understand but i i think you know, long term, I think NFTs is going to be like a game changer mm -hmm. for a lot of things. So, yeah. So the thing with NFTs stands for non-fungible tokens, if anyone doesn't know. And it's basically a way of digitally owning something. And the way that we saw it really, really big this year is with in the space of like owning art and digital art. Mm -hmm. And that not even just through visual art. I mean, the, the things people have heard about the most are like the Beeple auction that sold for like $60 million or some crazy number like that. But this place where NFTs, I think, really have potential is in digital ownership of things like property, digital mm -hmm. ownerships of things. You don't think about all the things that involve contracts and all the things that involve ownership. Right. And NFTs are a one-of-one -one way to own something through blockchain. Mm -hmm. And I think the potential for that in the future through just in the whole space of the economy is insane. Mm -hmm. So I think the the thing that we're seeing now with all the art is, is going to be passing. It's going to be, this was really popular this year, and then a few years from now we're going to look back and be like, wow, why, why was that so big? Mm -hmm. But I think this technology is going to evolve and it's going to be adapted more ways into uh, what we do in society in general. Right, because how you said, it's not only artwork, it's also like bands were putting out their albums mm -hmm. on, you mm -hmm. know, through NFTs. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, you could, there's so much you could do with it. It's just, we're so early on, it's hard to tell what it's really going to be like five, ten years from now. Mm -hmm. And uh, the interesting thing with them, too, uh, a good analogy for you, since you said you don't, you, know, you don't get how they work, Josh, yeah. think about owning like, uh, like a rare baseball card or mm -hmm. something. It's, okay, yeah, because mm -hmm. that's see, the main thing I see is like the sports cars, mm -hmm. like, like what is it, like a gift or something? Mm -hmm. that you well, it's, what I was trying to tell him was with like, you know, NBA Top Shot, yeah. like I was trying to say how when the LeBron clip sold for a quarter of a million mm -hmm. or whatever, it's something like that where you could own a clip of, of you know, a sports scene or whatever, and then that's what... You can only one person can own it. Yeah, and that's so, what makes it valuable. Okay, but I want to know, how does like the people like like the NBA? How does the NBA not own their own footage? 
like like okay, a clip from a game. Right. Don't they have ownership over that or the I mean, whoever broadcasts it's, it's, it? It's like the same thing as you can replicate artwork. Like you can take a picture of the Mona Lisa or something, but it's not the same as actually owning the picture. So that's okay. it's kind of yeah. like that. It's hard to like yeah, you could just go look up the video on YouTube and watch it, but it's not the same as actually owning the NFT. Okay. So it's it's different. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I kind of see it because even like if you look at video games, a lot of it's going straight to digital. Mm-hmm. Like, with GameStop going, oh, hopefully, Jesus, <laughs> out of business, it's gonna be more like digital games. So I, I kind of see, it. I kind of see. Mm-hmm. It. So it's just like I just don't understand like the whole overall process. But I, I guess I'm getting it there. I'm guessing. Mm-hmm. So. And that's not the only thing with Ethereum is. So I feel like the NFT part is half of it, and the other part is the de- the decentralized finance. Do you, mm-hmm. you know anything yeah, about DeFi, that? Yeah, DeFi. Yeah, DeFi. The whole DeFi space. Yeah, yeah, I think that's that could even be bigger because mm-hmm. I've seen if you can get one percent, if Ethereum uses one percent of the global financial assets, I think it puts Ethereum at what four hundred thousand a token or something crazy like that. <laughs> That. So, I mean, yeah. <laughs> I'd be pretty happy if that happened. <laughs> right. For sure. The the thing that actually I really, really like about Ethereum, though, is that it's open source. So, mm-hmm. it takes all the blockchain technology that Bitcoin had, and it makes it so that people can go out there and edit it and change it in their own ways and build off of it. And that's why you're seeing things like NFTs. That's why you're seeing things like mm-hmm. altcoins, like Chainlink and stuff, built off of that Ethereum. Right. And I think that's what, in the long term, is going to make it the most valuable, is because people are able to... It's still holding that value because so many things are built upon it. Right. And... It's yeah. it's not just like Bitcoin is just like a currency or like a store of value, mm-hmm. but Ethereum can be the Ethereum token, and it can also be the network where you can build things on top of it. Mm-hmm. That's why it has so much more value. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I know China like just hates Bitcoin, but how does it feel about Ethereum then? Ethereum, Ethereum, same thing. That's a good question. Yeah, I, I actually that is a really good question. I mean, it's they the thing with China is they want to monopolize that whole space. They want to have control over all their currency because of the way their government is. Right. So no matter what crypto, whether it's Bitcoin, Ethereum, they probably just want it to be owned by the Chinese mm-hmm. government. They don't really yeah. care about uh-huh. the other ones. Yeah. That's probably the main factor for them. Now besides China, is like are there any other countries that's like well, saying, what oh, I let me fall back from this or whatever? What I've seen recently is countries like there's like super small countries like El Salvador supposedly in starting in august or september they're going to start accepting bitcoin as a legal currency mm-hmm. so that's huh, interesting too okay. but and, i mean how my friends were saying that's probably because the currency sucks so much over there that's yeah. why they're more willing to have a cryptocurrency one of the but, one of the big places where that was actually a thing was uh, venezuela back when venezuela's economy collapsed mm-hmm. uh, okay. cryptocurrency became like the main form of trading there mm-hmm. like the main form of just like day to day like you're going to the store you're buying something people would just be using crypto just because that was worth. That was something that held its value despite what was going on in their country, and mm-hmm. I, I think that that's that is a really big reason why crypto is important. It's not just for investing. It's not just for this, but it's something that gives people the option to have a stable, a stability, a currency mm-hmm. to what that no matter what's going on in their country, no matter where if it was America or if it's a country where the government is super corrupt and causing their. Uh, in- inflation crazy mm-hmm. uh that is just the super important part of it and that's something why i think it's going to hold value in the long term mm-hmm. i okay. feel like it's it's almost inevitable that that the you know the economy needs a digital dollar because yeah. if you think about it now the large majority of people don't pay with cash they pay with some tor- some sort True. of digital transaction mm-hmm. so it's almost it, it has to happen it's just like i've heard that the united states might be making their own cryptocurrency so something like that might happen but oh okay we'll so see. So Josh, how do you uh, how you think like the government is making their own cryptocurrency would affect us then? See, that that is a really interesting like prospect about it because 
in a way it kind of takes away from the whole spirit of crypto because mm-hmm. the whole point of it is that it's decentralized there's no one overarching organization or governmental yeah, power right. that's in control of it and like making regulations against it mm-hmm. but at the same time i feel like it'd be a good way to get more people like people like our parents age into it because people yes. at our parents age think it's crazy my own parents think i'm insane for putting money into this mm-hmm. and i feel like if it was backed by like an agency like that or not even not even like a government say like jp morgan made their mm-hmm. own crypto mm-hmm. like that would just give it more credibility and i think in the long term it would end up benefiting the actual cryptocurrencies like bitcoin and stuff because right. it would just provide more like backing and more like stability to it mm-hmm. just more credibility in general like if you see someone that important like a governmental agency or a company that important backing it and making their own because they're going to have to use the blockchain anyway to make their own mm-hmm. it's just going to make the price of bitcoin skyrocket right or i mean what do you think the chances are that the united states regulates you know bitcoin ethereum mm-hmm. stuff like that bitcoin and ethereum i, mean, I don't they i don't foresee did, it didn't they? they're they're doing it with I mean, uh sec is doing things with some altcoins yeah so okay. like like what we were talking about before with like the doge space and all those those little coins that opened up today mm-hmm. the problem with a lot of them isn't the fact that they're cryptocurrency it's the fact that they're a scam mm-hmm. and that's where we're seeing a lot of like the regulations and stuff come in and i feel like a lot of those like smaller coins that sprung up in the past few months you're going to see disappear off the marketplace as regulatory agencies get in there and mm-hmm. kick them out but i mean that was that was just in part because the scam nature of it that it was a company just trying to take advantage of what was going on in the market and make as much money as possible and then get out of there right okay so how far do you guys think that we're like because if you didn't see the oakland a's actually two people bought tickets using dogecoin for Mm oakland a's Mm -hmm. game a couple months ago Mm -hmm. but how far along do you guys think we are as a country of making any bitcoin anything like that as like a main form of people to go up there to like McDonald's to get your McChicken. Right. I mean, I think the big thing is the most important thing is the corporations and the government, whichever ones they back, that's, what's going to make it a worldwide thing or, you know, a mainstream currency. So that's what we have to wait for. Either the big corporations like Apple or the United States government need to come out and say, here's, this is going to be our currency. Mm Mm-hmm whether it's Bitcoin or whether it's their own. Mm. So, you know, when you were saying the McDonald's part that, I, that made me cringe. That made me remind of the guy who baited uh, for a pizza with Bitcoin. back Yeah. So the, I don't know. I don't, with something like Bitcoin, I don't know if it would ever be Bitcoin for a thing like that, just because of the way the value is stored and stuff, mm-hmm. just because I don't think people would be willing to purchase stuff with it. Mm-hmm. I think the people that do use the people you see, do you, do see buying teslas and stuff with bitcoin Mm -hmm. they have such wealth already where it doesn't matter that they're losing potential gains on this by spending bitcoin on it right and if we were to do something like that i think it'd be years and years ahead because like recently you can see where that that's why tesla stopped uh, accepting bitcoin as a payment because at at this point even though it, it still has a big market cap it's still too early on where to the point that it fluctuates too much. You can't have something where you buy $50 worth of something in Bitcoin and then next week it's $30. You can't mm-hmm. have that. Mm-hmm. So that's why we're probably years away if it's gonna if we're going to have a stable currency like that. Yeah. So could you give like maybe 10-ish years? I think it could be sooner than that. I could see five years. It, it really just needs to get to the point where like what you're saying, where it's it holds the store of value and mm-hmm. it's consistent. It's not like something that's going to change overnight it needs to be something that will hold the store of value relative to the u.s dollar and stay consistent on a monthly basis right and normally you see that when the market cap or the amount invested in it gets big enough Hmm. but i feel like i would think the bitcoin market cap is big enough but i guess it's i think it's valued at what a trillion i want to say or it was one trillion maybe even a little bit at least at the peak it was a little bit more so it's probably a little bit less Uh uh-huh but 
that's the, uh, uh, let's say a half a trillion. That's a big market mm, cap still. That's larger than economies of a lot of countries. <laughs> right. So I don't know. At first glance, it seems like that'd be big enough, but obviously it's not. Mm. So we got ways to go. All righty then. Okay, but now let's switch. Let's switch gears a little bit. With this pandemic, more people have been working at home because of the quarantine and everything. And actually, going to 2021 now, more people are still working at home. Uh, what's that one office that said? Um, it's one job that said all everybody, all the workers will be working at home. Mm-hmm. I forgot the name of it. Did, did we bring There's it up? There's a lot. Week? There's a lot of companies saying that. Okay, but yeah, that's like the big mainstay. But now mm-hmm. I'm asking you guys, how did you? F- Let's talk more about the pros and the cons of working from home versus mm-hmm. working at home. I think I'm definitely on the side of working from home because I hear so many people say they like it better. I hear people say they're actually more productive when they're at home. They save money. They could live wherever they want. So I'm definitely on the side of work from home. Mm-hmm. Okay, real quick. I don't understand how people are more productive at home, but I, I guess I can. Well, I guess it's pretty cool because, like, hey, you. I, I think what they were saying was something like, when they're at home, they're, they're more, more happier. They're more. They're happier and they're okay. more engaged with what they're doing. Okay, Versus that makes at sense. the office, they're you know for whatever mm-hmm. reason they're distracted or whatever. It's not even that. It's you're counting down the hours till you can get home. Right. When yeah. you're at the office, so it's like when you're working at home, you're still doing the same amount of work. You're still doing the same tasks, but you're in an environment that you're comfortable in, mm-hmm. and you're not trying to get anywhere after the fact. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I definitely, I'm definitely on the same side as you. I think it, it is a good thing. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of companies don't like that it became such a good thing because you, they can't monitor the employees well Mm -hmm. that you can't keep track of what people are doing and when they're not in your own uh like property right and i even have friends that said that they feel like when they do have let's say they meet once a week to meet in person Mm -hmm. they feel like it's still a waste they feel like they could just work from home permanently so it's like is it really necessary to meet in person at all true but i also feel like like how josh was saying that companies might not like it Mm -hmm. i think companies kind of do like it because you gotta also think of how much money they are saving mm-hmm. as well. They don't mm-hmm. have to pay for a janitor right? and all of those fees, a mm-hmm. building. So that's a lot of fees that's not coming out of their pocketbooks. That's, I think with startups, especially ones coming out of the pandemic, I think Very we're going to see yeah. a lot, lot more of that where it's specific, like strictly like we'll have a core team of 10 or 15 people that go to an office and then everyone else is online. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it's like even the internet, you don't even have to pay for any mm-hmm. of that. Mm-hmm. So we'll see what happens. We will see what happens. Okay, but real quick, but Josh, if you had to have Say you work at, okay, you work at, I don't know, work at Bojri and Enterprises, and we are one of the greatest industry the past 10 years. We sell what's, let's go, I don't know, some type of computer software. Mm. And I give you a choice of you can work at home or you can also come to the office. What would you do? Hmm. That's a, would it be office full-time or would it be office only part-time? Um, let's say, oh, that's a good question. <laughs> Because uh, that that's a big factor. If it was office full time, I'd say no. I'm working at home. But if it was like like he was like Nico was saying once or twice a week, I could manage that. Mm-hmm. How about you go to the office um, for two weeks of the entire month? The other two weeks you're at home, I or you can just stay at home the entire. Would would it be like a significant pay difference, or would it be the same pay? Yeah, that's the big yeah, question. Yeah, yeah, that, that is a big mm-hmm. question. And if, if it was gonna hurt your further prospects in the company too, like if a person would be more likely to get a raise if they're in the office. Mm-hmm. Then I feel like then that's worth it. See, I heard like CEOs saying that they're considering paying people less now because they don't have to go. Let's say you work in Chicago and you live here. You don't have to pay for gas. Yeah, you don't commuting. have to pay for commuting. You don't have to pay for you know all the expenses in the city. So it's like they were thinking about paying them less from just because they're working at home. So I don't know. I mean, it's like it, it depends. Companies on, are winning then because 
like I was saying, you don't have to pay for a building either, and they're taking money mm -hmm. off your check account. Mm -hmm. So I right. can also see that too. So I mean, it depends how you like value the employee. Are you paying for? Are you paying them because they have to pay for expensive things, or because of that work they're doing, no matter where they're working from? So it it depends. Nico, what would you do? I'm def. I could. I would definitely like working at home for the majority, and then maybe once every week or two weeks meeting in person. Okay. Because I feel like it is a different. It like when I was when you do Zoom calls and stuff, it's definitely not the same communication from when you're in person. It's mm -hmm. it's different. So, I definitely say you should meet up in person at least once every two weeks. Josh, have you been in any type of Zoom meeting? How yeah. do you feel about that? So so I was um. All through the school year, I was online. I'm a, I go to the Kelly School at IU. Okay. And uh, so, yeah, all my classes and stuff this entire year, I was completely at home, uh, like, through Zoom. And I, for in a school setting, I actually liked it more. Uh, yeah. I know a lot, of, a lot of people felt the opposite way, but in a school setting, I felt like I was less engaged when I had to go to a physical location, really? like a lecture hall and stuff. Uh, for oh. me personally, for me mm -hmm. personally, if I had to go out in person and then have to, like, drive there, worry about my car getting towed, worry about everything, mm -hmm. I was less engaged than if I'm sitting in my basement on my computer just having nothing to do but pay attention to this. Right, I see. You might be, like, the first person that's all <laughs> yeah, ever. I mean, from. see, I like going to the school just to, like, talk to people mm -hmm. and, you know, have a teacher to talk to, you know, maybe see them do stuff in person. But as far as doing the homework and the projects, mm -hmm. I actually like doing it at home better. Yeah. I feel like I have more – you have more time and mm -hmm. stuff. It just it, – that, that That's exactly how I felt, too. You definitely – the social aspect of school and, like, the being able to ask a teacher for help definitely became harder. Mm -hmm. But – when it came to like actually learning and actually doing work, I got better grades this year than I had any other year of college. Right, and, and it's, oh yeah, yeah, me too. <laughs> it's easier to look up answers and stuff when you're at home. You know what I mean? <laughs> Shut up. Oh my god, why, why would you say that? Oh my god. Okay, let's keep going, guys. Nico, what else do you want to talk about? Um, did we talk about uh, the reason Virgin Galactic shot up? No, we uh, kind of brush over Virgin Galactic, but let's talk about why. Yeah, so the FAA, I think it stands for. Forgot it's something with the aviation mm -hmm. sector, but Friends they, Alliance Allegiance. That that's it. That's it. They approved Virgin Galactic to, to fly into space now. So now they're going to start taking people to space. And I don't know. This could be a big thing for the company. This could be a huge game changer. Okay, so, but isn't Bezos going to space? When is that? Bezos all? is going to space, and Elon Musk is going to space this year. Uh, it's they're they're trying. They're hoping for it. I don't know if it's going to happen. Okay, but Josh, how do you feel about all this space stuff? You want to join like the space force or anything like that? <laughs> space force, damn, I forgot about that. Yeah, they also, but... <laughs> they're also taking people with the balloons now too. They got space balloons mm -hmm. taking people. Weather so. balloon, yeah, yeah. Wait, I, like you serious? Like those yeah, balloons the, that you they light on fire I, and go up? Yes, I've seen pictures of them now. Nah, that, that's a hot air balloon. That's, that's a hot air. It, look, <laughs> it looks like that though. It looks just like that. Yeah, it's okay. a it's like big weather balloon thing. No, there's like the Red Bull guy that jumped from space. It's yeah. like similar to I that. Yeah, yeah. Um, I definitely think in the it's it's an industry that's going to be huge. I think the first trillion dollar company is going to be specifically because of space, yeah. because of either asteroid mining or space tourism. Or the first trillion dollar company, trillion, uh, yeah. What do you mean first trillion dollar? Like market cap wise? No, like uh, I, I watched some video on this and they said that um the first the first trillion dollar company would be something with space. Why? Well, what, what was gas at? 
Because you're because you're there's already some companies that have trillion dollar valuations. Okay, okay. Then maybe but, maybe it was a higher figure than I forget. I think could yeah. Be. yeah, yeah. But, the, but it, it was they said like the first yeah the first company that oh no 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 the first it wasn't the first the first trillionaire. Sorry sorry oh, sorry. I didn't yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. The first trillionaire that's ever going to exist on planet Earth is going to be someone involved in space. I think well, I, actually, I heard that too. Yeah. I actually heard that too. Yeah. I mean yeah, it's no one there. <laughs> yeah exactly yeah. exactly. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, uh, I think space, like asteroid mining, is the huge, huge thing at that. I think everything that we're doing now is just the tip of the iceberg, and I think mm-hmm. we're gonna have to take these steps. And I think the privatization of it is really important into doing that because mm-hmm. the more people we can get there that aren't like held back by government funding and government regulation, mm-hmm. right. I think that privatizing it and making it something that companies are gonna put money into and get out there, I think mm-hmm. that's gonna expedite the process a ton. And it helps too when some of them pair up with NASA mm-hmm. to build out these rockets and mm-hmm. stuff. That helps too. So. Okay, but Josh, I have this question for you. I'm Jeff Bezos. Look at me. I'm Jeff Bezos. <laughs> I have one more seat on this spaceship. Mm-hmm. We will be the first person, to, first people to inhabit. Where are they going? Mars? Mars, yeah, Let's Mars. Mars. Will you be going? This is the first trip. You'll be the first, one of the first five mm-hmm. people. What are you doing? Absolutely. I think, I think absolutely. The first trip? Yeah. Even if you die, you die a legend. That's yeah. <laughs> you die. You you die like Neil Armstrong if he died in the moon landing. Like I, I feel. Like, I mean, clearly we wouldn't be taken on that. But I mean, you'd have to be an astronaut. Yeah. But I, I, I would definitely do it. I think even, even though the risks are insane and you're going to be in space for three months before you even get there, mm-hmm. I think you'd go down in history as a, a legend. That's true. That's yeah. true. I still would have gone the first trip, but you yeah. got a point though. Yeah, I'll probably go like on a like, I don't maybe know, like the like, tenth trip mm. or something. Uh, more like the thousands. Yeah. Mm. So yeah. it'd be like a nice little <laughs> like, like a, like like a, a tourist trip, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'd probably do that. But they always think about doing hotels too. Mm. Oh yeah. So that's crazy. It also the other factor is how much are they gonna charge? Because I think right now like Justin Bieber and like I think it's like a couple of million. No, I think it's a quarter million. Yeah, I, I think it's a few hundred thousand at least, yeah. but no, I don't think it was over a million. Yeah, but they okay. de- they definitely already got some reservations, mm-hmm. though. They already got at least a dozen people going on that, that first flight. Oh, Justin Bieber's going? Justin Beeps? Bieber, Leonardo DiCaprio, and there's a couple other celebrities. you got to look it up. Oh, my God, I hope this isn't a tragedy. <laughs> Jesus. But, <laughs> but for, um, for Virgin Galactic, the CEO, Richard Branson, he says before he takes anybody on there, he's going to do one trip himself to make sure it's safe. Oh, that's smart. That's but smart. In the, they've been trying to do this for like 15 years now, and they've had so many people killed from trying to send these planes and these rockets up. So who knows? There's a chance that he'll die too. We, <laughs> we, we just got to keep watching. Okay, but let's pray it's not another Challenger accident mm-hmm. on this one. But uh, besides just for Virgin Galactic, Josh, are you in looking any, to invest in any other type of Space I think SpaceX is probably the most like stable of the ones that are just because of they've already they had their foot in the door the longest out of all of them. Okay. And they've they've been the ones that have been making like the biggest leaps forward. Not just because of Elon Musk, but I mean, just from what they've been doing with reusable rockets and everything. I think they're going to be the ones that are setting like the framework for other companies to follow through. So I think mm-hmm. like investment wise, I, I I never actually put any money into them, but I think that that's probably one of the most stable ones. Overall, how do you feel about Elon Musk? He's an interesting guy. Uh, he's a, definitely a smart guy. I read his autobiography, and uh, wait, he he wrote his own autobiography. I think it was it wasn't written owned by him. Um, it was he like had insight or input into like a, like yeah. a ghostwriter. Yeah, 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 yeah. So okay, so like the Last Dance documentary. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for Elon. But um, 
I think he gets like, he gets in the news a lot because like more so than say another billionaire like Zuckerberg or something mm-hmm. because he's wild and he's a wild card and he makes tweets all the time and stuff like that. But I he wouldn't be as rich as he is if he wasn't a smart guy. Mm-hmm. And I think the people that obsess over him are kind of ridiculous too. Like, <laughs> <laughs> okay, listen, I I like him. I admire him mm-hmm. because he's he does a lot of cool stuff. I also made a lot of money from Tesla. Okay, mm. that is another factor. So you have a weird obsession with the guy. I don't have an obsession. I just <laughs> I like what he does. He does a lot of cool things. You know what Nico tells me every single week. Let's talk about different types of topics <laughs> with everybody. Well, okay, <laughs> here comes here, him talking about Tesla. Well, here this is the problem is, like, so Tesla is such an important company right now, and they're like the number one stock of 2020 the past year. So, okay, Josh, what's your opinion on Tesla? What do you, I, what do I, you see? What do you see them doing in the next five years? I think they're going to grow even larger than what they are now. I mean, mm-hmm. even just from a stock point of view, I still think they're undervalued just because it's not super widely adopted yet. The only people you see driving Teslas are people who can afford it, mm-hmm. people that can afford a luxury car in the first place. And I think when it gets to the point where you see a mom in a minivan driving a Tesla minivan, when it, when Tesla gets to the size of like a company like Chrysler or something, that's I think that's inevitable, and that's going to be the future. So I think it's still mm-hmm. definitely way undervalued right now. You say mm-hmm. you think it's going to be inevitable? Electric cars in general are going to be inevitable if it's Tesla or if it's someone else. I mean, Tesla just has, like, once again, the first mover advantage for that. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, it's going to – electric's inevitable for vehicles, I think. I think with right. gas prices are going to get to the point where it's not going to make sense to drive a gas car unless you're, like, driving diesel for a truck or something. Mm-hmm. And electric is going to be the only way forward. Mm-hmm. Okay, I have two problems with that. Okay. Just two. My first problem is – you already talked about the price. The price of electric cars are mm. very high. They're yeah. coming down. They're coming down. But for it to come down, it has this, the lowest model, like a good, probably van size, has mm. to be around twelve to 18000 Yeah. that That's cheap. That, that's low. Mm. But, hey, that's that's how it needs to be because a lot of these cars, like like how much is a new Grand Caravan now? That's about twenty two. Yeah. I don't know. And for it to be electric for everyone want to switch, mm. right. it's going to have to be a little bit lesser. Well, well, they were saying the affordable – Price they were going to have for the smaller Tesla was going to be twenty thousand, which I thought that's that's cheap, that's affordable. Mm. Okay, but you also got to also think that if I have a family, a wife, and about two other kids, mm-hmm. can we really fit in that small little electric car? Maybe not. Yeah. Maybe not. Yeah, you're right. So and then the second one is just that I think the car industry is like a whole to- total for Chrysler. It's kind of like a grandfather type of thing. Mm-hmm. I think that's the only like big um, problem. That Elon will have is just trying to bust through that gap of like, hey, let me talk to these old people, mm-hmm. because these f- car companies have been around for over a hundred some odd years now. Yeah. So I think that's mm-hmm. probably gonna be the only big problem as well too. So okay, Josh, let me get your opinion on self-driving, self-driving autonomous. Where do you think that's going? I think what they're doing with it now is just like the tip of the iceberg with it. Like what you see in Tesla's, how you can do it on the lanes on its own in the highway. Um, I think that's the tip of the iceberg. I think eventually we're going to get to the point where deep learning and AI are going to become so intelligent that Night Rider car. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to, it's going to be that, or it's going to be like, like, say like you're going out to a bar or something, you're going to get a drink, your car drops you off and then picks you up when you call it back. I think eventually that's what it's going to be. I'm not saying that's any time in the near future, but Mm -hmm. 20, 30 years down the line, I think AI will get to that point where that'll be completely feasible. Mm-hmm. But the problem with it is we need infrastructure upgrades. We need upgrades on roads, and that's why it's not going to become something that's super widely adopted anytime in the near future for, with the technology that we have right now. Mm-hmm. How far along do you think electric cars will be 
more around. So pr- let's talk about let's uh, say half, fifty percent. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, about fifty percent. Mm-hmm. How how, you, how many years alone do you think that'll be? Um, that's a good question. Um, because me and, and Nico, we, yeah, we, we did our yeah. guesses on this. Uh huh. It would def- it'd definitely be faster than normal, uh, normal cars. But I mean, I don't know, probably ten, fifteen years. You think I, so? I, I mean, it's really going to... Are you talking about just, like, the majority of people driving We're it? We're saying what year will 50% of the cars be, be electric? electric? Okay, 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 I got you. 20. I, I think it'd, it'd be around 20. 20 years I, I think it's really going to come down to batteries. That's the main cost factor when it comes to electric cars is that batteries cost so much mm-hmm. and if we make advancements in battery technology as we're already doing but mm-hmm. uh, the main problem is that they're based on lithium ion right now which it works but it's not the most efficient as it can be and i think that's the main part where it's going to be a hurdle and mm-hmm. once they get past that hurdle it's going to be something that's going you're going to see everywhere mm-hmm. so i 15 to 20 i think is what i would say what, what were you guys thinking with it my, uh, nico f- said like five I, I don't think five definitely not five <laughs> nico well, said like five. Well, let's say i cannot wait to come back to this episode five years from now <laughs> nico five years five years i'm telling you nico that's a long time <laughs> what, the, worst case the, the only good thing about that that might be like that might actually be closer to five years because like new, like used cars is like a shortage on used cars, mm-hmm. and you could easily put in new cars. Probably just like drop the price down on new cars mm-hmm. if they wanted to do that, just because so, it's a huge shortage on used cars. So I'll but say, that's a lot. Fifty percent. I'll say best case scenario. What I think is five years. Worst case scenario, twenty thirty. That's worst case scenario at the very latest. So ten. So so yeah, nine years. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's what's really going to come down to pushing the market that way too is gas. Mm-hmm. If gas is getting higher in price, that like. Overall, over all over the board, then we're gonna see more people need to jump into electric, and right. you're gonna see more companies like Chrysler and BMW or um, GMC and stuff. Instead of just having a one-off vehicle be electric, you'll see them start shifting their entire fleets over to electric because that's where the demand is gonna lie. Mm-hmm. But it's gonna take an external factor like gas to push it to that. That's why I'm thinking that it's gonna be more along 15 to 20, just because I don't see in the next five years I don't see gas spiking to the point where a family is gonna consider. Well, you, know? you also gotta think though. It's not just the rising gas prices. It's you're going to save money even now when you do electric charging versus paying for gas. Mm-hmm. Where's the closest electric charge? You, well, you you get you you get like a mini and then charger. where's the closest uh, gas station? Anyway, you, you, <laughs> you just just <laughs> That's a good point. You get a you get a you get a small charger for your house. I live in an apartment. Okay. <laughs> if you want to go to the superchargers, <laughs> where's the, su- the uh, closest supercharger? They put they're putting in like a thousand new ones every year. The closest one to me is the Myers and Merrillville. Okay. But they the got Myers and Merrillville and yeah. and where do you live? I live in Crown Point. So How many minutes? 10 minutes, 5 10 minutes on the street. That's definitely not 5 10 minutes. It's 10 I live 10 minutes away. Okay, 10 minutes. From and the what, Myers and Merrillville. Okay, from your house where's the closest gas station? Like <laughs> like 3 minutes away. <laughs> okay, and you say you live in a house, right? Yeah. What if I live in an apartment? That is very true. I don't know what to tell you. I think I think the part of it too with with with, with the state of it is now especially with just like Tesla, it's something that if you're like in upper middle class family that's yeah. when it's that's when it becomes something where it's like this is an investment i'm gonna make money back on this like mm-hmm. i'm gonna save money in the long term so this is something i can afford and use in my house for people our age it's not feasible especially in the area we live if we lived in california maybe we don't mm-hmm. live in california the infrastructure isn't here yet and that's why it's gonna take time for it to be like 50 percent of the that's a lot of cars 80 mm-hmm. percent is a lot of cars yeah california is way closer mm-hmm. they, there's a lot of teslas in california yeah uh, we're talking about because we're closer to a big city what if i live in mississippi mm-hmm. or omaha yeah. okay here's <laughs> but but how you were saying there is a, the other factor too is 
the Tesla or let's say self-driving cars, they're going to make you money. It's it's going to it's going to be able to pay you. So you're, you're going to be able to make income from the car. I'm That's, telling you, five years from now, five years. Okay, but I will also have to give up twenty-five plus thousand. That, yeah. that that that's if why it's more. yeah that's why it's a thing where I'm saying like it's gonna take time for it to become an investment that like a college kid or someone out of college person in their twenties mm-hmm. could make it's something right now where you have a stable income you have savings you have like everything you're you're financially stable mm-hmm. then you can be like okay I'm gonna put however my forty fifty thousand dollars into a Tesla what it is now right and then make money off of that and save me money on gas but it's not feasible for someone like us and like even my uncle I've had people like my uncle say. And they they got like they have money. They said that the problem though with them is they do so much driving with work that it wasn't even it didn't make sense to mm. get a Tesla because they thought the three hundred or three hundred and fifty miles of range still wasn't enough. That is another big problem with it too. Yeah. That that that's a part of the thing with the batteries that I was talking about before too is there needs to be extended range and mm-hmm. it needs to be cheaper to make, which is mm-hmm. a bucket of problems on its own. Mm-hmm. Hitting those two factors, but I think. If that improves and it becomes something where it's like a like a tank of gas, mm-hmm. a little bit more than a tank of gas, uh, like on one charge, I think then people will start realizing like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Where do you go if um, your Tesla breaks down on the side of the road? Here, where, here's where here's, the, here's the cool thing. <laughs> I, I personally know someone from P and W, and they've had problems like that where the window breaks, something like that happens. You don't have to take it in. For a lot of the issues, you can just get a software update on the Tesla. And if that doesn't work, the other thing is the Tesla repair guy will come to your house and fix it. Okay, and how and much will he I, be charging? What? I know. That's always the argument. I'm sure it's a lot, okay? I'm sure it's well, a lot. Will he be charging more or less than, uh, I don't know, my guy who lives right down the street from me, who I've been knowing for 10 years, who's been fixing cars all his life? I mean, it's probably going to have less repairs to do, though. And if you can fix a lot of them, which is software updates, that's another thing to save you money. But that's a lot. Now now you can't even go to a mechanic. You got to go to a, a technician. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about something a little bit more practical. Josh, how do you feel about hybrid cars? Oh, hybrid? Hybrid I, Hybrid is definitely more a lot more feasible than electric. I mean, um, I don't know. How, what percentage of the market do you think hybrid even is nowadays? I haven't even like, thought about that. I don't know. Probably yeah. 10, 15, something like that. I think, are you talking about strictly hybrid, just like electric and gas? Are you yeah. talking about, okay, yeah. I, it's definitely a lot more feasible, and I think that's one of the things where we'll start to see steps forward it more. Like, I think the 50% hybrid is going to be way sooner than 50% electric. Like, mm-hmm. it's just going to become, that's going to become the norm, that it's going to be a combination of both. But, I mean, it's it's still kind of in that same space where, while I was talking about with, like, electric cars, like a bigger uh, car company, it's like, it's like a one or two off vehicle that they make. And their main line is all gas powered. So mm-hmm. I, I think hybrid is just uh, like it's a stepping stone. You know, it's to get people who are too afraid to go completely electric, but to get their foot in the door and then see the benefits from it and the advantages and then fully be able to fully transition later on. Mm-hmm. So you said you're, you're much more into crypto than you are stocks, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But you said you did get Tesla. Yeah. You bought Tesla yeah. at what price? It's about uh, like 170, 180. This was like a year ago, year and a half ago before it okay. like spike spiked. Right. So yeah. that's, that's still pretty early. Yeah. You got in before yeah. a lot of the spike. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Now, is there any other stocks right now that you're bullish on? Um, so are you talking stock stocks or just crypto or crypto let's, let's say, let's say for stocks just for now. Okay. So with a lot of my stocks, I have, um, I have a couple holdings, a couple mutual funds that I just forget about. Um, I, and then like, I have a lot of like stable ones too. Like, um, like with Disney and stuff like that, it's just like stable stocks that you don't, you just don't think about, and then mm-hmm. re- you take your returns out, your dividends out every year, and then twenty years down the line, it'll look about taking it out and putting it towards retirement or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I'm trying to think what um other actual stuff. So you don't are. really like monitor. No, no, no. And that's that's even like with crypto this year. I would check crypto every day, but I wouldn't let what was ever going on that day influence my decision on if I was going to buy or sell. Right. Just because right. it's all the panic and stuff with it. I mean, mm-hmm. I think this year a lot of people made a lot of money, mm-hmm. but a lot more people lost a lot of money yeah. from the space. Because when you when you trade off the hype stuff, mm-hmm. that's so scary. Mm-hmm. It's so scary. That's why. That's why I've told Josh to sell something like a Dogecoin. Yeah. Because I'm just. I don't know. I'm not into the whole. I could have had an island if I didn't. Listen to <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> okay. Next time. Next time. Do it. We'll see how it works out. Okay. I will. Ho- hopefully. Get, ho- get hopefully. Uh, hopefully, American goes up to like mm-hmm. eighty dollars. Or get on the next meme stock. Mm-hmm. Go on Reddit. See what the next one is. Yeah. Wall Street bets. Yeah. <laughs> The, what was your guys' take on that? I know you guys probably covered it, but with the whole GameStop situation, the AMC situation. Nico, tell them about um, the Nemo story real quick. The Nemo story? When, like, the week when he's talking about it. Oh, my God. Just, just give your opinion first. <laughs> I think Nemo, I'm not sure what happened with him. I think he got into, I think he made a bunch off of GameStop, I want to say. Okay. But, I mean, I know people who made a lot from GameStop, and I know people who bought in at $400 a share and mm-hmm. lost all their money. Yeah. So, I just... My main thing is, if you can make money off it, that's fantastic. Mm. I just don't like the whole like mindset and culture of let's hype up this one mm. stock or all that type of stuff, whether it's crypto or these shorted stocks. So I'm just I'm just not a fan of that that mindset. It's the mm. wrong thing to get into. Yeah. What do you think? I think that whole situation that was back in January, like mm-hmm. late January. That was like the first time we've ever seen this internet taking over and, mm-hmm. and, and manipulating a financial marketplace like this mm-hmm. and i think this is going to be a it's gonna, it's going to turn out to be like a moment in history mm-hmm. of what happened there and what happened with that is partly i think with the reason why everything went crazy with crypto too i mean mm-hmm. that's right. all that stuff transitioned into doge but it funneled down into everything else that happened this year and right. it's part of the reason why everything went down yeah and where it is now but i think that we're going to see more of that in the future. It might not be as maybe as newsworthy. Mm-hmm. It might not be as maybe as like a crazy thing because this was the first time it ever happened. Mm-hmm. But I think it's going to happen more and more. Maybe not even just with Wall Street bets. Maybe on a private Discord server of like 100 people. I see. T- you never hear about it. I'm in different chats and like Facebook group mm-hmm. chats and stuff. That's It's like hundreds of people just hyping up certain yeah. stuff. What are we buying today? What mm-hmm. should I do? Should I sell all that? You mm-hmm. know, keep holding it so I can make money, all that. But I think that I, I do kind of like the idea, though, of you know, because Wall Street, they definitely, a lot of the hedge funds, they definitely do manipulate certain stocks. Mm. And when they put out, if they say, okay, this stock, Tesla's going to $1,000, that then the stock goes up. So they're definitely manipulating mm. a lot of these stocks. So I, I understand if the, you know, the Wall Street bets community wants to come back and say, okay, well, now we could do the same thing, mm-hmm. which, so that's cool. It's just, it's, it, it's also a dangerous thing to be doing. Yeah. I think it, it's important in the fact that it gives power to the people. In, mm-hmm. in, instead of hedge funds, it gives power back to the people. But I also think it's dangerous. I didn't put any money into that, and I wouldn't. But, I mean, if you do and you made money, congrats. That's great, right. Yeah, yeah. Now, another thing similar to that is, like, penny stocks. Mm-hmm. Have you had any experience with penny stocks? I did a couple of shipping companies back in the day. In, like, 2017, there was a company called Dry Ships, and it okay. it, it skyrocketed. I forget how much it went, but it, it, was, it was, like, an insane. What's it called? Uh, DRYS is what it trades under. Yeah, I, I haven't looked. That was like 2017, I want to say. It was like a uh, a Greek shipping company. Oh, okay. Do you know what price you got in at? Um, super low. I know that it it used to be worth a lot, lot more. Uh, I didn't. I I never like made in a super amount of money. I probably put in like fifty to seventy five dollars into it, mm-hmm. and then it, it it skyrocketed. And I made like a couple hundred bucks. Hmm. Not 
Not not bad, not bad, though. Mm. So. And that that was like this was like before I even was into crypto. Really, this was like my first foray into oh, like, okay. yeah into like stock stock. So stuff. let's say for your like portfolio, mm-hmm. what percent do you think should be dedicated to penny stocks? That's a good question. I mean, the problem with penny stocks too is it takes so much active monitoring, mm-hmm. so much active. So it really depends on your lifestyle. If you're someone who's a nerd about this stuff, like I am, and checks it every day, mm-hmm. then you can put more significant amount. I'd say like like 15 20 i wouldn't like really that's, that's kind of that's a, that's too much for me you really yeah that's i mean high though, for, for yeah, me I, understand. I, understand. For, I mean but it, it's the same way i look at altcoins and things the same way i would look at a penny stock it's something that you need to monitor all the time because you never know yeah, yeah. but uh, for a traditional portfolio i wouldn't go like over five mm-hmm. like yeah that's okay. how i am yeah. i'm more at the five percent range yeah well nico's like a 50 year old man <laughs> well that i'm more i'm more of a, a long-term investor yeah, yeah. True. because yeah. i feel like you can get good returns mm-hmm. like I'm, I, I've made 50, 100% returns mm. with Facebook, Google, and Amazon. Yeah. I, don't, I don't need, like, penny stocks to get big returns mm. on. So that's the problem. Okay, real quick. We actually have a caller on the air. Tom? Oh. Oops. Hey, Tom. Uh, you, guys, you guys were talking about electric cars, and what a lot of people are missing about electric cars is, specifically with the gr- new Green Deal and any future plans is they want to borrow the power from the battery in your electric car. You're going to have to plug it in at work. You're going to have to plug it in at home. Mm -hmm. It's going to be part of the grid where they can borrow your power back. So if you think you have 350 mile range and they know it's 50 miles for you to drive back from work, I'm not sure they're going to leave you enough power to go 350 miles. I see what you're saying. Mm -hmm. I see. Yeah, that is your battery is going to help the solar arrays and the wind powers where they're going to store the power. I see. Okay. That's interesting. And, and that's going to be a part of the whole deal. I'm sure you're going to be required to plug it in if you want to get a certain rate or a better rate. I don't mm-hmm. see people, you know, well, I'm going to unplug my car and charge it with my standby natural gas generator. If you see in California, they don't already want you to use natural gas. Right. Mm-hmm that you're going to be part of the big system and there may be even less flexibility than you think. So mm-hmm. I think we uh, we just need some EVs that have a, a range of, let's say, 500-plus miles. If, if something like that came out, that would be really nice. Well, if you could plug it in and be assured that, you know, when you get off work at 4.35 o'clock and everybody has their air conditioner on, that you're actually going to have right, 550 right. miles worth of electricity <laughs> in it. Right. If they haven't borrowed it back from you, uh, you know, maybe that would be fine, but I don't really trust the system because of that. So what year do you think EVs will be half of the car market? <sighs> That's up to them if they want to get rid of gasoline and diesel. <laughs> uh-huh. You know? Yeah. Uh-huh. I mean... I, I, and you know, and the way tax breaks are specifically, mm-hmm. I mean, it's all funny. Everybody crabs about, you know, tax breaks to oil companies, but when, you know, gas is two bucks or below, that's all fine and dandy, you know, mm-hmm. um, we'll see, we'll see, you know, yeah. depending on how they want to, want to limit it. Cause I think they I were, mean, you know, and, it, and let's face it with an EV, you know, self-driving EVs are great unless they want to question you and have your car drive you in for questioning. <laughs> Right, right. You know, it may not be all doomsday scenario, but uh, I don't trust the people that have been running California recently to manage mm-hmm. my battery in my car. Mm-hmm. Because if, if it's turning into brownouts and uh, electric lines hitting the ground or them depleting your battery, I think they would deplete your battery. Right. Yeah, that's a problem. That's a problem. 
and you will be required to plug in, and you're going to buy the electricity from them. Now, maybe if you have a solar array on your house, they'd let you do more. Mm-hmm. I don't know, you know. Right. We'll find out. So keep that in mind. I mean, that may not be here for years, but long-term, they need your battery. There, There isn't enough battery storage mm-hmm. to do what they want to do with renewables, and that battery in your car is going to become an important asset. And especially if right. they give you tax breaks to buy it, they're going to have, have strings attached. See, and they were, a, a couple of years ago, like 2018, 2019, they were, Tesla had t- uh, like a $7,500 tax credit when you bought one, but... I'm pretty sure they took it away. I don't think it's around anymore. Yeah, I know there were ta- there were also tax breaks for those low, you know, like the glorified golf carts too. Oh People yeah, we're getting getting those for free. I think that's gone also. Mm-hmm. And then I, I'm pretty sure I heard China was doing the same thing too. I think they were giving tax credits too. Yeah, I I, I have no idea on their you know exact position. So. Mm-hmm. Um, I either way, I mean, I've got gas right now. I don't mind either one. There will be, you know, as long as you can go somewhere and have it available. Right, and how we were saying, it really does depend on how expensive gas is. Yeah, oh, yeah. You know, because if gas is $5 a gallon, then that's a problem. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So electrical, you know, becomes, you know, better at that. And maintenance costs, too. I guess the Mm -hmm. Tesla maintenance costs are quite low, so... Mm -hmm. We'll see what happens, but uh, they will want your battery. Okay. <laughs> Boy, we'll, me. We will keep that in mind. The idea of coming out and finding out that you have 20% power when you thought you had 100 may not be that good. Right. Okay, well, thanks for talking with me. Hey, thank, thank you, Tom. you. Okay, bye. Bye. All right. I'm glad, I'm glad we got some new insights yeah. there. Okay, don't don't look at me like that again, okay? <laughs> we I don't know how much the price of a Tesla. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. <laughs> Whatever. You, you saw that, Josh? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sneaky dog. You know. Even even that guy knew. Whatever. Okay, Benigo, you got anything else to say? Um, I think. I, what about what's your opinion on day trading? Day trading. I mean, it takes a certain special kind of person to do it. Has I'm it, not that person. Has that ever worked for you? I've done it a few times on altcoin stuff, but mm-hmm. I've regretted it more so than I have made money on it. Mm-hmm. And it takes a person who does it for a living. It, it's a full-time job at the end of the day. Even if you're not doing it as a full-time job, you're, it takes the same amount of work and the same amount of research as a full-time job would. Mm-hmm. It's not just sitting on the page and refreshing it and looking at the price and selling it at a higher price. You have to predict when it's going to be at right. a higher price and make your profit and then pu- put that money back into it. Mm-hmm. It's super risky and it's super volatile. It's not for me. Mm-hmm. I know a lot of people do it and a lot of people make a lot of money on it, but I personally, I could never do it. What about you? I'm I'm the, the same way, really. Mm-hmm. I don't really like day trading either. I don't, yeah. I'm much more of a long-term investor same. for so many different reasons. Mm-hmm. But what about options? Options, options is gambling. That's for a, me. Yeah. The options is literally you're going. You may as well go to the casino. Like yeah. options is hard. Options yeah. is really tough. To I know. Out. I know you guys had Riley on here before, and I know Riley yeah, was super, like, super into options at yeah. one point, and mm-hmm. I, I don't know how he does it because I. <laughs> yeah, that's. I've had people recently, like so many people, try to explain it to me, mm-hmm. and I understand some of the basics mm-hmm. of how it works, like maybe with the call and the puts and just basic stuff. But yeah. as far as the strategies and all the specifics, I, it's a lot of it's complicated. Same. I get it in in principle. I get how you're supposed to do it, but mm-hmm. I would never trust myself enough to put money behind. Right. It. Right. That's it's it's gambling. It really is just gambling. Now I mean, you can't do options with crypto, can you? Uh, it would be, you can, but it would be 
the same way you do it on a traditional market. It's not you're not shorting like the coin itself. You're shorting the company behind the coin. Oh, okay, yeah. okay. It's it, a lot of things in crypto mirror like a traditional market thing like that. Like instead of an IPO, there's ICOs, mm -hmm. which is initial coin offering. And what what people don't realize is when that happens, it's actually to fund the company behind the coin. I see. People don't realize that behind every single coin is a startup company. Mm -hmm. And when you're doing that, it's just a different way of raising capital. Mm -hmm. Instead of getting venture funding or going on a traditional market, you're doing it through selling these things to people in exchange for money back to your company to help you grow and mm -hmm. help both of you grow. And that's like what you were saying earlier with so many celebrities are doing mm -hmm. it too. Because from what I've heard, to make your own crypto or even your own NFT, mm. it's not that hard. It's yeah. not, there's not that many barriers to entry. NFT so, especially now. NFT, right. literally anyone can. I know in in the, even in the music space, a bunch of other photographers and stuff just like took one of their pictures and like edited it a little bit, mm -hmm. like to make it artistic and then put it on and sold it for an Ethereum or two. Yeah. And it's just like NFTs is zero barriers to entry, really. You just make an account. Right. Crypto is a little bit harder, but I mean... It's just because it's it's harder to do. Yeah, it's not as easy as you just make a picture and put it on a right, marketplace right. on eBay or whatever, like how you do with the item. Yeah, it's more so with making a crypto, you have to know how to code. You know, have to do right. backend coding, and that's not something that a lot of people know. Right, how to do, that's so. a lot harder. Yeah. Now I, I think you can just download like is it called is it MetaMask mm. where you can just download that and that's where you make your own NFT, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. you can do it. You can do it through there. Um, uh, there's there's a ton of different marketplaces for it, and the problem with nft marketplaces is you don't know which one is going to be the amazon of it you don't mm -hmm. know which one it's such a wild west for it right now is right. what you sold it on your or what say especially people who are purchasing that's the real problem because mm -hmm. you own it through that site you own it your blockchain purchase goes through that site still mm -hmm. and say the site shuts down say the site is worth nothing in 10 years no, and no one visiting it you're basically sol with mm -hmm. a piece of art that's worth nothing so that's why this 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 scenario scenario that we're in right now with crypto is so much similar to like the dot com bubble mm. when the internet first came out. It's it's almost identical. It's yeah. just the same way. People Definitely. don't understand it. It's how he said you don't know which one's going to be the winner mm. ten years from now. So there's going to be a whole a lot of people are going to lose a lot of money because there's going to be so many losers mm. in there. So it's it's hard to tell. We're still early on. Yeah, and I think it's it's got to the point where high schoolers are getting in on it. Like not even like just people who weren't nerds about finance like right. i am people who are just like uh, someone who has an extra 50 dollars and just puts it into dogecoin nowadays and it's like like even my brother he's a senior at lc and he came up to me he's like can you show me how to download robin hood i know <laughs> like, and see it's, it's not <laughs> yeah it's not only like high schoolers it's also people that are like in their 60s mm -hmm. and 70s mm -hmm. there's people that are 70 years old that are interested in getting into dogecoin mm -hmm. and trying to get amc and stuff like that so it's it's such a weird scenario that mm -hmm. we're in right now yeah Okay, so you brought up options being gambling. Let's talk about some real gentlemen's gambling. Because <laughs> I'm kind of addicted to this one thing. Mm -hmm. How are you feeling about the overall sports betting? Um, it, Just in general or through, like, crypto? Yeah, just, no, just like the entire overall business of sports betting. How do you feel about that? I mean, it's it's been a thing for forever. I think the thing that we've seen a lot recently is things like DraftKings. Mm -hmm, things yeah. like things that are opening up the market and taking advantage of the internet through it. Mm-hmm. I don't, I mean, online gambling is illegal in the U.S., but I get why they're not making this illegal. So I don't know. I I don't really have a strong opinion on it one way or the other, but I totally understand why it is a thing nowadays and mm -hmm. why it's become more of a thing. I I don't know. What do you, what do you guys me, think Me and it? Josh have said before, we don't really consider that to be the same as gambling. Okay. That's not the same yeah, as like I, casino. Yeah, I, it takes a lot more skill. You're right. You're it, right. Yeah. Because there's, cause there's yeah. some strategy. Mm -hmm. It's not the same as like a slot machine yeah. or something. Yeah, like... 
like I sports bet, and yeah, it there are like some weird possibilities and mm-hmm. outcomes that might happen. Like mm-hmm. one game, PJ Tucker just shoots four threes, <laughs> kills by par- parlay and everything. Next game, he's just cold. But mm. things of that nature, it's still kind of like you can still like determine the outcome more. Yeah. Now, Josh, have you had any big winners lately? Um, I think the <laughs> highest because I started a couple months ago. I think the highest bet I ever got money wise, maybe maybe about two seventy something. I'm saying like this past week though, or so. Have you have you hit big on any games? Have you made any good calls or anything? Oh, I got a, a Jose Abreu home run. No, that was the week before. I had a Vladimir Guerrero Jr. and um, Kyle Schwarber home run. But okay. I only got like five, yeah, five dollars. I got like I don't know about twelve dollars back because mm-hmm. it has just turned into like my lottery. If you didn't get like mm-hmm. me just putting my numbers in, let me just do these parlay picks, right? Mm-hmm. And, so, and if you're if you watch all the games and you know about it, it makes sense to do that. Yeah, it's yeah. not the, see, it's not the same as a lottery because you know you could there's strategy behind it. Yeah, right? the the strategy I think is that's like the main thing that separates just I think it's gambling. To sports again, yeah. right? Okay. And that's we've also argued about even stocks in general. Is mm-hmm. stocks gambling? Depending what you're doing, is, is buying Apple gambling? No, buying Apple is not gambling. Buying Dogecoin is gambling. Yeah, trading an option is gambling. But I mean, traditional markets, no, it's not gambling mm-hmm. in the long term. In the long term, it fluctuates with the normal economy. The economy is always going to go up with the price of money going up long term. Mm-hmm. So it's like, like if you invest in in Amazon or something, I don't really consider that gambling. Yeah. Uh, what if Amazon? I don't know. There, 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 to yeah, if the Amazon collapsed, I think we'd have a lot bigger problems. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> Society. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> what are your guys' um, feelings on like crypto casinos? Have you guys heard anything about those? No, what I is that? I don't know. So, okay, <laughs> crypto casinos are it, online gambling is illegal in the United States. Yeah. So to get around that, you have to use a VPN mm-hmm. to go into a crypto casino, and then you can trade. You can do casino activities. You can do it, like. Any like table game, you can do slot machines. There's crazy ones. The ones you guys have probably seen. Have you seen the ones where it's like a money multiplier oh, and it just maybe. goes up? Oh, yeah, yeah. Huh? and it'll be like five times, and then it'll just drop completely. But and yeah, there's still there's some states like Nevada that mm-hmm. have uh, gambling legal, uh, right? I, I think statewide, but federal. Yeah. I think oh, federally, federal right, federally right. I think it still is legal, but I, I, it comes down to the states. With yeah, that. it's the yeah. states. Like yeah. even with sports betting, not mm-hmm. all states are yeah legal. I think it's just Illinois. There's like Indiana, five or six or something. Jersey. Yeah. Is Tennessee or Tennessee was considering being one of them? I don't know, but yeah, it's about six. I know mm-hmm. us too. I mean, I've been looking into things like esports and stuff lately. Mm-hmm. The, it looks like that's the future, really. There's so many different companies that are investing into it that it's hard to see it not happening. Yeah, yeah, and I don't know why I didn't get to esports like when I actually knew about it like three years ago. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know why. I know. I know. I wish I became like a pro player or something too, because you see some of the prize pools they win at like Dota tournaments or things like that, and it'll be like three million dollars for mm-hmm. playing a video game. It's... You you can get drafted mm-hmm. into the two K league. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. Like you're like yeah. a basketball player. Mm-hmm. That's so cool to me. Mm-hmm. And I think I think we're definitely. Gonna, I mean, countries like China and Russia are really putting a lot of development into infrastructure. Oh, yeah. They have stadiums developed to esports now in those countries. Yeah, well, like, true. And those yeah. uh, those countries like really developed those mm-hmm. games too. There, yeah, so that makes yeah, sense. China and like South Korea and stuff like that. Um, I think it's going to take a while for America to happen, but I think it will. I think a lot of, you see it with like, with kids in Fortnite and stuff now. Kids don't care. A lot of kids like in middle and uh, elementary school don't care about baseball. They don't care about basketball. They care about Fortnite. Exactly. Yeah. And they're going to, they're going to follow Ninja and their favorite streamers. <laughs> right. And those are going to become the athletes of the future, I think. Right. Yeah. And I don't know about IU or anything, mm-hmm. but I know Purdue Northwest has their own esports team. So okay. Oh, they do? Uh-huh. I, I didn't, didn't know, know that. that. Wow. Yeah. yeah. I think they just started about a year ago. Wow. Hmm. So. 
Interesting. <laughs> Join the squad, Nico. Hey, that's why I'm buying all the stocks for, for esports. <laughs> yeah. Saving up for a gaming rig. Yeah. But I think it's kind of like all started with the expansion of Twitch too. Mm -hmm. Like I, I think mm -hmm. I remember the first time I've ever been on Twitch. I think because of DJ Academics. <laughs> <laughs> like 2015, I think that was the first time I started on Twitch. Uh -huh. Then Twitch is in, ended up getting bought by a Amazon. Mm -hmm. right, right. Twitch would have been a good stock if they weren't bought. But hey. yeah, you want to hear some crazy financial news about DJ Academics since you brought that up? Let's go. Guess how much he makes off of that Instagram page yearly? Uh, about five million. Times ten. What? That much? Per I can't break down the numbers live, but well, yeah, it's around fifty. Wow. Uh, just based on the amount of sponsorships he does daily and how much he charges for that, $50 million just yearly. Just for posting? Just for posting on memes every day. And that's just on Instagram. That's not factoring in Twitch. It's not factoring and, and how in many, YouTube. That's not how factoring. many followers? Yeah, he has about, millions. It's like five or six. Yeah, about yeah, a couple million at least. It's wow. the, the thing is with his, though, his audience is super engaged. Mm -hmm. So even though he makes like 20 posts a day, half of those are sponsored, half of those are paid. Mm. So people are paying him thousands of dollars for a post yeah and he had that community for mm -hmm. at least 10 years maybe yeah, yeah. seven to ten years yeah. and they just kept building on building that's a lot of money mm -hmm. I, I did not know that <laughs> yeah it's it's and you don't people don't think about that when it comes to like internet stuff they don't see when social media they just see numbers but they don't realize the all the money that's being made behind the scenes with mm -hmm. it yeah it makes a lot of sense because mm -hmm. with uh all these um ig celebrities popping up yeah. too so yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. I, I wish that was me. <laughs> yeah, I know. Don't we all? I post 24-7. <laughs> I post every minute, every second. Uh, but, Nico, you got anything else to bring up? I think that's it. I think that's it. Josh, do you have any parting words? I'd just say with anything with crypto, be careful out there. Um, mm -hmm. I would say don't put any money into it now. It's going to drop lower than it you is think so? right now. I, I think by the end of the year, it's going to be even lower than it is wow. now. Just because... People are still going to keep panicking. People are going to keep panic selling. It's just going to drive prices down. So I think mm -hmm. if, I mean, buying now, you're going to be making money in the long term. Mm -hmm. But I think that it's going to reach a lower point later in the year. So I think wow. just hold on. Worst case scenario, if it, it'll drop, it'll still continue to drop a little bit more. Mm -hmm. And worst case scenario, it'll be back at where we are right now. Mm -hmm. But I would say be careful and don't treat trip crypto like a traditional investment unless it's bitcoin <laughs> and don't get into dogecoin or meme stocks please, right right <laughs> yeah yeah you mixed uh you missed the trip the boat or whatever oh on, yeah on a amc did you get into amc at all i did not i did not no. touch amc or uh, gamestop with a 10-foot pole no. I, <laughs> I, I i was super into it i was super interested in everything that was happening but i was not going to put any dollar in that because i did not know what was going to happen with that yeah the memes were funny on twitter yeah yeah mm -hmm. no it was it's definitely i think that was a moment in history and that's going to be something that we're going to remember our whole lives mm -hmm. just because that's the first time the internet actually manipulated a financial market on a massive scale like that. I think it's weird this, that they're still up. Mm -hmm. Like, they stay up for, like, months. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but, I mean, AMC, I think, is going to be okay now. Because more people are going to movie theaters soon. Yeah, but it's not. But before it was like a two dollars stock. Now it's fifty. It didn't. Yeah. It didn't twenty five x in value. <laughs> yeah, that's, right. that's not that's, all. It's crazy. How many people? How many people must have held then to have I that know. happen? I know. After all of that, like now, my, my friend, he bought in at two dollars before the whole meme stock thing started. Really? Oh, he, oh my so, god! He's just. A, he's just. You know. He's a fan of AMC. Yeah. But that's that's crazy. Yeah, that's crazy. But that concludes this episode. What episode is this, Nico? 15 i want to say okay we're not sure but this <laughs> but this concludes the episode of the stock talk podcast once again i'm your host josh Bojri, nico criticos once again our 
co-host. Wait, is it co-host or guest? Co-host, co-host. <laughs> maybe he'll be a co-host after this. <laughs> okay, guest Josh. Yep, good to see you guys. The Josh and Josh. We we could just call it the Josh, Josh and Josh <laughs> and Nico. Oh, we could just put Nico like in the description. <laughs> like, uh, Nico may or may not make an appearance. But um, once again, this is the conclusion of Stock Talk Podcast, and we will see y'all later.